And I had a conversation with God, and I said, come one day, I just need you to heal me by February. Before we go to South Africa. All right, I just need you to heal me before we go to South Africa. So I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know what, what ways you're going to be. I, listen, after hearing some news, I decided not to go down a rabbit hole. Amen. I'm just going to trust God. No matter what the doctors say, I'm going to trust God for healing. Amen. And that's, and that's the end of that. But, amen, today, y'all going to need to go with me. Amen. Because I can't be a healer so long. Amen. Because I got to use wisdom. Amen. So I need y'all to help me when I'm preaching. All right? The scripture was read for your hearing um, in Proverbs 11. Um, he read for you verses 24 and through 26. I'm just going to lift up verse 25. Amen. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. All right, so that's Proverbs. Amen. Thank you. Proverbs 11, thank you, 25. The reading of God's Word says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will build themselves be refreshed. Amen. Thus is the reading of God's holy word. Amen. I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this for a minute. Why is it hard for people to give? Why is it hard for people to give? Not just of their money, but also of their time. Why are some people just stingy? Why? You ever thought about it? Why are just some people stingy? Well, you know, we got some stingy folks. Y'all know any stingy folks? Huh? Yeah. 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 I do too. And I, I have found um, in my 40 years of ministry that the church is where you find the most stingy people. The church. The church is where you find the most stingy people. I have seen it where people who don't even recognize God, they will give before the church will give. I have seen it with the American Red Cross since I've been there. Most of the people who go out on the front line to help those who have lost their homes or rush into the wildfires and help people, are not even church folks. You know how hard it is to get somebody in church to work for the American Red Cross? To be able to give blood? And that, you know, with, with Afro-Americans, we got the whole Tuskegee Institute, I mean, Tuskegee uh, not experiment on our minds. And so there may be those that are Afro-American that, that need blood because they're dealing with sickle cell, but we won't give. We won't give our blood. You know who gives the blood to the Afro Americans? What state? What state? Caucasians. We won't give. You try to get church folk to give to run to help other people? No. Unfortunately, we are one of the most stingy people. I know it hurts, but it's true. And I, if you're not stingy, it shouldn't bother you at all. All you're doing is agreeing. <laughs> People give when it's important to them. Amen. Amen. My mother used to say, "People buy what they want and borrow for what they need." Okay. Okay. 
People treat people better than they treat God. That's a fact. I've seen it. 40 years of ministry, I've watched it. And I've seen it happen. But I say that there are a lot of different reasons why people don't give. Lack of resources. They feel like they may be unappreciated. They feel like, what good will it do? My little $25 won't really matter. What will I get back in return? There you go. There you go. Huh? If I'm giving... I want something back. Come on, y'all know it's true. Huh? What are you going to do for me? What have you done for me lately? People are afraid to give because they don't want to feel like they're being used. And for the Christian, I read that there are 10 reasons why Christians don't give. They don't believe. They don't know why they should give. They're in transition. They're in a difficult financial season. They don't know how to give. They don't know where their money goes. <laughs> they don't understand how administrative costs can advance the gospel. The lights get paid. The gas is poured. Amen. Um, yeah, the water's still running when you go to the bathroom. Amen. They have too much debt. They're not involved at church. They don't trust your church's leadership. Thank God. Amen. That's the name of my of my subject. That's my subject because obviously I forgot to give it. Amen. That's what my subject is. Thank God He gave. Amen. Thank God He gave. And then there are some who do not give because they have a scarcity scarcity mindset. So you said, Bishop, what is a scarcity mindset? A scarcity mindset is an outlook on life that focuses on a lack of resources which must be conserved and used strategically. Thus, they are likely to become extremely possessive of their belongings and experience signs of money anxiety. In contrast, the, an abundance mindset is an attitude of optimism that concludes that there is enough of everything to go around. People who have a scarcity mindset, they wait to pay bills until the last minute. They overschedule themselves. They have a fear of loss. They're overly self-reliant. They have a fear of failure. And they're perfectionists. Those with a, a scarcity mindset are often perfectionists, believing that anything less than perfect isn't good enough. And this can lead to procrastination and a fear of taking risks, as well as an inability to see the bigger picture. They rush to make decisions. Possible and so so possible causes of, of the scarcity mindset include that you have a history of poverty. That means that people with a history of poverty are more likely to have a scarcity mindset because poverty often carries with it a sense of insecurity. Okay. A lack of resources such as money or time and energy can lead to feelings of deprivation, hopelessness, and fear. Another cause of scarcity mindset is financial trauma. 
Financial trauma can come from many different sources, such as job loss, unexpected medical bills, or financial hardships. Those who have experienced financial trauma may become focused on immediate needs and become consumed with the idea that their resources are limited. People who have a scarcity mindset, um, it, it, it may be caused by even dieting. My God. Amen. Let's hit home for me. Because dieting can sometimes lead to a scarcity mindset and can have a detrimental impact on both physical and mental health. A person may focus on the foods that they are restricted from rather than the foods that they are allowed. Another cause is an unrealistic view of the world. When somebody has an unrealistic view of the world, they often overlook the abundance of resources and opportunities that are available to them. Instead, they focus on the obstacles that prevent them from achieving desired incomes. Oh, somebody help me out here. See, this is where, this is where it impacts the church. Because we bring the mindset of the world and a scarcity mindset in the church Instead of saying, I'm going to give God my best offering, you think of all the reasons why you can't get it. Instead of giving God my, my time in this area, you make excuses of why you can't give your time. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Instead of saying in fellowship and prayer with God, you give reasons of why you can't. I don't know how to pray like that. I don't know what to say. When I read my Bible, I get confused. The New Liberal Translation can help you I, out I, if you I, don't want to read the King James. Come on, we, we bring that scarcity mindset into our relationship with God. Amen, somebody. Amen. Come on. Amen. Y'all going to help me, right? Go ahead, go ahead. All right. And so, thank you, dear. And so, in Proverbs 11.25, Solomon extols the virtue of generosity. This echoes principles taught by Jesus in Luke 6 and 38. And our financial scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. The Bible teaches the general principle that those who are generous will find favor. One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Meaning, if you bless somebody else, you're going to be blessed. Amen. Read Hebrews 7, 7. You, matter of fact, the person who gives is the one that's blessed even more so. But we don't see it like that. And that's probably the reason why we don't give. And yet, can I be honest with you? We complain about what we don't have. We have a relationship with God. God has told you how to give. He told you, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive if you trust me. But instead of trusting God and giving like he instructed you to, you hold on to your money and then you complain when things don't work out for you financially. Somebody 
I used to say it's tight, but it's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so people curse the ones who hoard grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. God's word is clear that the generous are remembered and rewarded, whether in this life or in the next. Why is it that people don't believe that God is watching them? Why, why is that? People don't believe that God is watching them. It's only in certain situations where they believe God is watching. God is watching all the time. He's watching when you give. He's watching when you don't give. He knows how much your salary is. He knows how much your bills are. He knows how much time you have. He knows how much you how much time you spend on social media. He knows how much time you spend texting. He knows how much time you play games on your phone or your iPad. He knows how much time you spend coloring. Huh? He knows how much how long your lunch break is. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? He knows how much food you receive and never even thank him for it. You just start eating. Huh? He knows how much uh, how much is in your cupboard and how much you can give to other people who may be in need. Don't you know that God is watching your every, every move? Everything you do. Hello? He sees it. And yet, can I be honest? Some folks don't care. You know, when other when when you when you do something, right? So if if when we were younger, I ain't gonna download Elder Shirley. Amen. I ain't gonna download Elder Shirley. But but we used to be at the at the kitchen table and we had a dog. Right? Uh, oh, we had a dog. Oh, boy. And there were certain foods that me, me and Elder Shirley and Elder Shore did not like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amen. And so when Mother Singleton would get up from the table, we would sneak and give the dog the food. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right? Yeah. Elder Shirley had hers. I didn't like peas and I didn't like liver and onions. I didn't, I didn't like oh, certain things. No. And so we would wait until she wasn't looking to sneak the food. Why did we wait? Because we were scared of those things. <laughs> Amen. That's why we waited. We were afraid of what she was going to say. You giving our dog my hard working food, my food that I slaved and labored over? You know, we didn't want to get slapped. She had a brown brush, a brush that she steed us with. Oh, Amen. Oh, Amen. Amen. What is that DHS? <laughs> but the reason why we snuck it because we didn't want her to see it because we were afraid of her response. We conduct ourselves in such a way that we're not even afraid that God sees it. We're not even afraid that he will be hurt by it. We're not even afraid that he's offended by it. We're not even afraid that he doesn't like it. We're not even afraid that he considers it an abomination. We don't, we're not even afraid of the fear of God. We're not even afraid of God. Yeah, yeah. We're 
certain things that God doesn't like. Right in front of him. Right in front of him. We got no respect. We do it right in front of him. My God. God wants us to be generous without giving. And giving is not always money. Being prosperous is not always about financial. It's not always financial. And I know some people say uh, that, um, what is it? Um, um, that prosperity thing. Um, the, uh, um, I can't even think of what it is. I read it yesterday and I was going to write it down, but I didn't. Amen. But you know that if you, they used to do the prosperity um, the um, theme or what they used to say. Uh, I don't care. Y'all, y'all can't remember either. Y'all must know. Y'all weren't even into it. But thank God. Because you can't remember. Amen. But say, and then you know that prosperity thing they used to say back in the day about um, about how you're going to be blessed if you give. Name it and claim it. That's it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Name it and claim it. That's what they used to say. Well, this is not about that. This is not about naming and claiming. This is about just giving as God has instructed you to and realizing that you will be blessed and rewarded for your giving. Now, God challenges us to be generous because he wants us to receive the blessings that comes from it. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you will use it, uh, for the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. That's Luke 6, 38. This promise is a reflection of the truth of 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. That the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. We give because God gave to us. Come on, help me out, Minister Anthony. We give because God gave to us. He gave us color. He gave us light. He gave us sound. He gave us air. And the ability to taste and enjoy. To hear and appreciate. To touch and be satisfied. Come on, I'm talking about thank God he gave. But most of all, thank God that he gave his son. God demonstrated his generosity. 
And stop being afraid to get Thinking I'm not going to have enough. If you paid your tithes and offering, you will always have enough. Amen. Amen. Givers never lack. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. God bless you. Amen.